1: when Roe v. Wade was overturned. She's a nurse and she's like, I'm going to get a school bus. She's going to put her husband and kid in it and we're going to go state to state and just give abortions. <laughs>
2: like, and it's funny that school buses, are usually full of children and that's going to be full of like negative children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm dyking out, you're dyking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Dyking out, dyking out.
4: Hi, and welcome to Dyking Out, a podcast that's wishing everyone a happy coming out gay day. I'm Carolyn
1: Berchier. Hey, I'm Melody Kamali. And sorry to our international followers and listeners. Um, may you come out eventually. Today yes. we're diking out with comedian Maddie Wiener. It's just national. Yeah, it's just national. We should clarify. When does everyone else come out? I don't know.
4: Um, I don't know what the schedule is, how it's affected by time zones and, and all of that. that. They really, I think they think that they're helping. Yeah. Please stand by. <laughs> I'm sure I've said it on the podcast before. I'll say it again. National Coming Out Day is just a plot devised by straight people to take the guesswork out of things, okay? Whoa. It is. It is. Some straight ally saying that in quotes was like, I really need to
1: know who's gay. What if we make a day? This will be so nice for them. No pressure What if it was a closeted, straight-identified person who's like... That too. I really like my corporate colleague, but I'm not sure. They're giving vibes. If they are gay, I'll fucking go for it and I'll come out too. But let's make this a thing.
4: There's probably a Wikipedia page that's like, it was started by the human rights campaign or something. Don't believe it. That's propaganda. It was started by straight people to trick gay people to come out.
1: (laughs) Okay, announcements. Should we cut all of this? Come on. Out Magazine just followed us on Instagram. Not one hour ago did you see that yeah they wouldn't like that you don't think that they're in on the conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> I Do on this cover-up I don't this want, it. Up? I don't want it on the record. Up? <laughs> what do we got going on New York comedy fest November 7th we still have some tickets yet we've got a stack lineup yes just a few tickets left though so make sure you get
4: those before it sells out because once we announce some of the other people on the lineup. I mean, Judy Gold is going to sell it out yeah. alone. But once you find out who else is on it, well, maybe we'll say one. Uh, Sabrina Wu was just on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Crushed
1: it. Crushed. So good. Sabrina's also on a new uh, show, right? Yeah. Uh, a yeah. new show coming out that seems fun and queer. Yes.
4: They're doing so great. You know, a lot of times you see people that you do comedy with do their late night set and it's their first time on TV and maybe they're like a little bit nervous. It's also like really awkward to do a late night set just cause it's not like a normal comedy show and a normal audience that, that you're used to mm-hmm. Sabrina. I think is one of the best sets I've ever seen. Like somebody I know do in right. terms of like translating what they do on stage
1: normally to TV. Right. Right. From Brooklyn Just, basements to the yeah. Tonight Show. It worked Seamless. so well.
4: Yep. It worked so well. Other announcement. We have a Y Two Gay karaoke party, October fifteenth, at Come On Everybody in Brooklyn. It's at seven PM. It goes seven to ten. What happens is everybody shows up at eight. And then when it gets close to ten, they we have like all these songs we can't get to. So get there at seven. We are not doing
1: fashionably late anymore it gets we waste an hour of just a lot of shuffling around and peeking in the back room and you know we we want to get the party started ASAP because we do uh, there's always like a drag show or something that we have a hard out for so we want to get as many songs as possible in
4: yeah you got to get there early claim your songs because I do not like repeats Mm. (laughs) yeah we're doing you a favor by having it start at seven so that you can have like a gay after party just be gay. we're giving you more time to be gay
1: this is your pregame for yeah. your Saturday night well 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 we've come to that time I've had such a gay week oh let's let's get into it Carolyn what's the gayest thing you did this week out of all that I mean we have a little
4: bit of a shared gayest thing but I'll talk about the unexpected last minute super gay thing that happened, I got invited to go see King Princess at Radio City Music Hall.
1: Yeah, saw that. Yeah. looked like great seats last minute. Front row seats. Front row, even,
4: okay. From my friend from Eden Entertainment Group. Eden Entertainment Group, they throw queer events and parties. I know there was one thing that I was supposed to be at in LA last Christmas and I got COVID, but yeah, Check them out on Instagram. And they didn't take me as a promo. Like this was a, I'm friends with Ariana from <laughs> Eden Entertainment, but I will plug them anyway because I think that they're doing really cool stuff. But yeah, she was in town and had an extra ticket to King Princess and was like, do you want to go? I'm like, sure. It was so gay. Radio City Music Hall was just full of
1: dykes. It was so gay. I What a sight. I remember I walked by when Mitski was performing there yeah over the summer and yeah it's crazy to see so many dykes outside of Radio City yeah it's a beautiful thing
4: it was beautiful it was great it was a very you know great show King Princess is so young so young I mean, the straightest moment of the show is when uh, Julian Casablancas came out and played Aww. my favorite "Stroke" song, Yeah, which I hear he does a lot, like just randomly pops in at concerts in New York. I hope he does. <laughs> and sings a song. But also <laughs> a specific gay moment for me during it was when Quinn, King Princess's girlfriend, mm-hmm. was kind of like walking across the stage at one point. I forgot why she was up there, but, like, I I think she was taking, like, video and stuff on her phone Mm -hmm. and then started walking away, and I, like, fangirl over Quinn and just, like, scream out, and we wave at each other. (laughs) I'm like, this is so gay. I've got eyes on the girlfriend the whole time. I'm like, where is she? What's she doing? But Lizzo was performing the night before at Madison Square Garden, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're able to, like, overlap on dates like that so that Quinn... Who still works for Lizzo, right? Part of the team, I think. Or else that's a weird coincidence. Anyway, coincidence, huh?
1: <laughs> the girlies on TikTok were speculating about their breakup. So, oh, that's good to good to hear.
4: I don't um, think so. I mean, for part of it, Quinn was like front row center, and was like recording it the entire time and like looking like she was having a blast and then went backstage for a bunch of it so until
1: it's on Kendall Payne's flow chart okay yeah it's it's not real
4: yeah I'd like to think that the lesbian breakup curse that was cast and put into motion by Fletcher has missed King Princess and Quinn they dodged it they survived it's fall Mm -hmm. that was a summertime curse it's over So, wishing them the best,
1: Melody, what was your gayest thing of the week? Well, news broke that Velma of Scooby-Doo fame is officially a lesbian. We all saw this. Were you behind that? (laughs) Was I behind that? I just wanted it out there on the record. We all knew. Yeah. We all knew. Yeah. Since I was a baby, I knew. I I loved Scooby-Doo. And... When that news broke, I did hop on as many queer group texts as I could and claimed dibs on Velma Halloween costume. (laughs) That's my competitive gayest thing of the week. If you listen to the Patreon, you'll know what costume I'd already ordered. And it's, it's definitely, we talk a lot about 90s, only 90s kids know on this interview with Maddie, who is Gen Z. But it is very much a, a 90s kid costume. And I'm very excited for it. And maybe I won't say what it is right now. And just, No, you have to go to the Patreon. Yeah, go to the Patreon.com. Slash Out. Yep. And that's where I reveal that. What else? Last night we went to the Lesbian Bar Project screening. Today on National Coming Out Day. Again, international listeners, please stand by. Um, We... <laughs> Got to see the premiere screening of the first three episodes of the Lesbian Bar Project docuseries on Roku. You can watch for free now. Thanks to Meister.
4: Yes, the Roku channel. Definitely check this out. It's so important.
1: I cried. Yes. We follow the subjects. Julie from Pearl Bar in Houston. Coach A from Boycott Bar in Phoenix, Arizona. And then Lisa Canastrasi of Henrietta Hudson here in New York. Uh what a, what a what a what a time. So good. So, just so much dyke energy in the Metrograph Theater. It was <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Queer trans energy. It was uh I had so much fun. Erica and Alina had rented a little party bus after the premiere to take us to Cubby Hole, to Cheers to Lesbian Bars and take a shot there and then we went to Henrietta Hudson and danced the night away. Very gay night. We do get into it more on the Patreon as well. Yes. I mean, I just have to say one more
4: time, please, please, please watch this because... In watching it, that's how you support the Lesbian Bar Project. You can also go to their website to see other ways to support, but the work they're doing is crucial. It's crucial to creating these spaces, to sustaining them, to helping inspire people to create new spaces. And it's in these spaces that our community and our culture can thrive and It's such a good watch. You'll learn so much. You'll be moved. You'll book a trip to
1: Houston. Yeah, and Phoenix. I mean, that looked nice. Yeah. I did love the highlighting of the sober leaders of these lesbian bars, too. Right? Yeah. I know Allie really appreciated that and got a little emotional watching their stories on their path to sobriety. And then opening like lesbian bars, because they're not just bars, of course. Right. These queer spaces. So I don't know. It was really well done. They're such talented filmmakers, Erica and Alina. Yes. It was beautiful. It was moving. It was everything. Check it out. And they want to take it
4: internationally. But to do that, we need to get people watching and showing support and showing that there is an appetite for this content. So... That reminded me, too, that after the King Princess concert, when you were talking about the bus going to Cubby, so after King Princess, my friend was like, I've never been to Cubby Hole. I'm like, we're changing that now because I had to drive back upstate, so I'm like, I need a Red Bull before driving home. It Mm -hmm. is late. So we go to Cubby Hole and it's closed. Ugh. They're usually open on Mondays. I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's when Debbie, the infamous Debbie, works on Mondays at Cubby Hole. So then we reroute the Uber to Hens. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hens is never open on Mondays. So I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to Stonewall. And we go to Stonewall. And who's there? Debbie shooting pool at Stonewall. <laughs> she was like, no one was at Cubby. I'm like, what? 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 I've never, every time I go to Cubby, there's so That's many people real. there. Yeah. Like
1: I was there last. So she just closed it because no one, w- no no patrons at Cubbyhole have never seen there that. There were
4: enough people to, I mean, at that time on a Monday night, I guess most people had left. I mean, I know they do that sometimes at, at Ginger's too, but I've never heard of that at Cubby Hole. I was there. Last Friday, picking up Cecilia, so I was doing a comedy thing, and then Cecilia was with a friend a Cubby Hole, and there was just like, you know, as usual, a line out the door waiting for people to come out so that they could get in. Always a a hoppin' spot, so I don't know. I don't know. Support Lesbian Bar Project, support Lesbian Bars. I can't say it enough. Okay. Okay. Today, we are diking out with comedian Maddie Wiener. They were selected as a new face at the 2021 Just for Laughs Festival, big deal, and recently taped a stand up set for Comedy Central. Maddie has also appeared on You Up with Nikki Glazer and Pause with Sam J on HBO. Let's get to it. Hi, Maddie.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
4: hey, Maddie. So good to have you here. You're doing our Stonewall show. So excited. But this is our first time meeting, but I've heard good things. When Melody said that we should have you on the pod, I'm like, I didn't know they were queer. (laughs) And then I watched in the stand-up,
2: I'm like, do we need to double check? But like, (laughs) yes. Yes. I did not know I was queer either. (laughs) Slightly new development. (laughs) Yeah. Did the pandemic have a hand like a lot of people? A hundred percent. I was on the like queer TikTok way. Like, honestly, I had like a, when I was like in middle school, I was very, like, I like came out as agender in middle school. I had like a whole thing. And then I started stand up, and I think I was kind of like, you know, no shade to anyone, but I think I was just. In a very broy community, where I was like, "Oh, absolutely. I don't want to deal with explaining that." I was probably a phase, whatever, and I kind of was just yeah. like, "She, her, guys, whatever." And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, "No, no, no, I was onto something." And uh, <laughs> so I had a huge gender, like, you know, reshuffling, and like was like, "Oh, I yeah. love women." Like, yeah, the whole thing yeah. got scrambled, yeah unscrambled
4: I should also say circling back to your stand-up like yes a queer comedian can tell jokes about their boyfriends and sex with men and all of that stuff and still be queer that's not what I was saying you were just giving a lot of uh straight energy in those clips so I (laughs) would
1: you have to in stand-up it's performative yeah I don't know I had the same thing also I know you came up Uh, in was it Durham and Chicago at least I can speak for Chicago it being very bro-y
2: yeah and and I look there's so many bro-y stand-up guys that are like my best friends and I love them so much and it's but yeah totally it's definitely like you got to carve out your own space if you're gonna yeah especially when I don't know like for me being like newly queer it felt so like fragile and I was so protected of it that I wasn't ready to be like roasted or like I don't know. You know what I mean? Same. I was like, I don't know. This is still like a new little baby egg that I need to like nurture for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Took for sure. years to even like reveal that I was queer. Uh, for real? In stand- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Chicago in the early 2010s was also something <laughs> else. Um, there was no hideout comedy shows, if you know what I mean? Like it was just like <laughs> dudes. So yeah, I get it. Wait, before we continue, we have to ask the question. Yeah, we should probably get to that. We should ask the question,
2: Maddie, what is the gayest thing you did this week? Gayest thing I did this week, I think I re-watched multiple times the Emma Watson Prada ad. Have you seen it? No. no. Wait a minute. But I we're both love very intrigued. Her. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love Emma Watson. Uh Emma okay. Watson is like a new ambassador for Prada, and she has this perfume called Paradox. And she has this like ad where she's like She's like, I am seven different, like, I'm like so many different types of women. And it's like, okay, there is a frame in it where Emma Watson has like a lip ring and a nose piercing, and oh. I lost my fucking mind. Dude, it's so good. I watched it, and then I watched like the behind the scenes documentary about like making <laughs> okay. that. Bring
4: it up. We can hear it maybe a little bit. And she directed
2: it, I'm seeing. Yeah, she directed it. And she made it. like a live like-
4: reaction. Yeah. I know. I'm like
2: looking at the images
1: now. Um, quite the haircut. It's giving
4: queer. There's a lot of like modern dance movements that kind of reminds me of Elliot Page's ex a little bit. <laughs>
2: yes. I forget her name. Very emma that. I see yeah, the nose ring. The nose ring is huge. The nose ring was a huge part of my life recently wow yeah this
1: does demand multiple viewings
2: yeah i was about to be like we'll link it in the show notes as if prada needs help like i mean
1: yeah
2: i always you know what's devastating i hate that i'm like i hate that i'm fangirling over like i'm like you know what's really queer and personal to me? A large corporation. Like <laughs> I, I hate to be in that person, but I went to Sephora and I did smell it and it's really, it's a nice perfume. It oh, smells really okay. good. Maybe this is too cheesy, but there is something too about the whole thing of it being like it's like paradox and like you can be two different types of right, people in one. I'm saying- and- I'm going through like I'm in the middle eye of the storm of like I feel very very feminine sometimes and I feel very masculine sometimes and how do I not feel totally split about it and I I hate though that I'm like Prada saved me on my personal journey <laughs> to liberation it's like fuck that dude but at the same time I do it I I like the ad a lot. <laughs>
1: representation matters and can look like anything i'm with it yeah it, there is love a queerness it. to it so many different identities and emma, watson, just, uh, yeah, it's no, emma uh,
2: watson dude she's it's, so yeah. pretty and nice and smart
1: yeah right. she's an ambassador um,
2: to the un like get out dude i love her so i much. know
1: yeah well that's pretty gay multiple yeah. viewings count
4: it so when you were younger, you identified as a gender. Tell me about that because I'm an old. So like back then, I wouldn't have even known like what what that would mean. But what was that like for you or yeah. what, what led you there?
2: I don't know if that's even like a label I would necessarily use anymore, but like you know what i felt i felt like if nobody had told me that i was a woman my whole life and no one had put me in a dress and no one had labeled me as anything and i had just grown up in like a blank body or wasn't able to look down for my whole life and i lived my whole life and then someone asked me are you a boy or a girl i would be like i truly don't know like you know what i mean i wouldn't feel any like internal pull to either though so i was like i kind of just feel like a person first human yeah yeah and that was like that was kind of what led me to it so weird feeling human yeah (laughs) and like i don't i still struggle with like gender wise i don't know that i found like a particular label that really like suits it but that like continuation of like gender stuff has been like it's just kind of nonstop.
4: <laughs> and, yeah. and how old were you then? Because I'm trying. To, I'm like, that's some really deep thinking. I'm like, when I was that age, I'm probably like, when when is NSYNC gonna be on TRL? Like, <laughs> what <laughs> you know?
2: I was in like eighth grade, I think. So maybe like, yeah, ish Is that how old you are? But like, I think also a big part of it was that I grew up like with the internet, like from a very young age. And like, I don't yeah, think, of course, you know what I mean. Like, I never would have even heard the word agenda if it wasn't like. For the internet and i think it like gives you a way like i don't know if i didn't have the internet i probably would have been like i'm a tomboy and like yeah yeah that was in a way maybe that would have been simpler <laughs> 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 there's no um, existential spiral over tomboy i can kind of just shake my hands and be like okay that that yeah. settles it <laughs> right
1: <laughs> no there's a beauty in the complexity i'm so i'm so envious i mean we had internet but It did tie up a landline and take a lot longer to load Mm. (laughs) a simple page.
4: And I really just used it to look at like screen grabs from Dawson's Creek. Like I, (laughs) the, the early internet was really just like angel fire Dawson Creek fan pages and like Buffy fan pages and live journal what, what yeah. websites
2: were that? Was that on
4: GeoCities and Angel Fires were <laughs> like kind of the Squarespace of the time, let's say, mm. where you could build these like really basic websites, but you like sort of had to know how to code a little bit. Like That's it the wasn't thing. like a a drag and drop. Like you were learning HTML. Same with MySpace. To-
1: Wow. create
4: like line breaks on a page and like change the font to comic sans because that was the coolest font and like bill so all of the websites were just like angelfire.com slash two q 956 like whatever
2: <laughs> it sounds really yeah. similar to tumblr a little bit we're like i totally grew up on tumblr and there was drag yeah. and drop but if you really wanted to get like a cool thing you like had yeah. to code or like copy someone's else someone else's code and put it in yeah, yeah yeah Dude, that's so interesting were you guys like <laughs> did you did you have like when youtubers became a thing like people who were like professional youtubers right did was that did that error cross over with you at all
4: um not for me no like I love I love this like intergenerational like check-in I know like, I am
2: um, dying
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so well, it's so weird because we're not even that far apart in age I don't think let me just
3: say Carolyn's
2: uh, how many years older, four? Come on. It's like a few.
3: Okay, I'll own it.
4: But I'm like a few years older than Melody. But yeah, I missed. So like when YouTube came out, like I'm still watching mostly music videos on it mm. and trailers for movies. I'm not getting into like the personal vlogs and I missed out on like the Shannon of it all. Like I missed all of that. We had comedy
1: videos like shoes.
4: Yeah, yeah. It was like viral. Does shoes
2: mean anything to you? Oh my god, shoes. I'm so sorry, it doesn't. Does Smosh mean anything to you? Smosh, no. Smosh. They were like, <laughs> they were like one, <laughs> one of the first really viral YouTube channels, and I think they're still going. But they're like, I mean, they're for children, so I'm not <laughs> tapped in anymore. Yeah. But in, in like middle school, I was like, Smosh is so cool. But I really got into like the vlogs and stuff, and I think I found a lot of like queer people on there and a lot of just like the idea of like i started like dying my hair because i followed this youtuber who like had this bright red hair and a lot of like i don't know like a lot of like the like quote unquote culture i feel like i had growing up was like internet culture like hugely from those like youtubers like uh dan howell did you ever have you seen him he's doing stand-up now actually which is like I'm looking him up. Current of events. He was this like really cute little British YouTuber. Wait, this is this is the start of my queer journey is I showed a picture of him with his scene emo boy haircut to my hairdresser. And I was like, can I have this haircut? <laughs> I wanted yes. to like be him. Like gender wise, I was like, just a skinny little British YouTuber boy. That's what I <laughs> yeah. wanted to okay, be.
1: Okay, he's a couple years younger than me. I'm like. <laughs> Let me have yeah. that on the record. I mean,
4: so there, there were like viral kind of comedy videos like Shit White Women Say, like that, that whole like genre of things. And then for me in terms of like queerness, it went straight to like clips of gay shows that you might like things that are- Montages. On. Yeah, or like mm. South of Nowhere clips because I didn't have- noggin or the n or whatever channel that was on at the time and just using youtube for like clips of scripted tv but at the same time i know that that's when those like youtubers i somehow missed that all. and then it went into web series and this is the scientific evolution of youtube no one can argue with it anyway
2: uh it's so, YouTube's so weird though because it's like I guess it's the internet in general, but it's so big that there can right. be like a person that has millions of followers that you're like, I've never heard of them before. Like, when I, like, I'll sometimes, like, if I accidentally open like a new tab and I'm not signed into YouTube and you see the default YouTube recommended videos pages, like the people that are really yeah. going viral on YouTube, I'm like, I have never heard of them. Yeah. Like, Mr. Beast and stuff, like, I've not tapped into that world even remotely. Got to open that tab up, too. I'm going to
1: have 500 tabs by the end of this (laughs) this recording. Right. Okay.
4: I also feel like my Generation 2 used youtube is like to fall into a nostalgia hole because you'd be like remember those like teddy ruxpin ads and then everyone's like oh my god it's been forever since i and like just sharing all like that kind of content with each other Mm. i don't know what's teddy Ruxpin. teddy ruxpin was the that cute teddy bear is it a canadian thing now i'm confused um (laughs) maybe it was a canadian thing sometimes i don't know I was just
1: trying to feel young and fresh and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I've literally never heard of that. That's (laughs) okay. Kenny
4: Roxman is like definitely going back into the '80s, and I hope I made four listeners happy with that reference. (laughs) But like, what do you get nostalgic for? Oh my gosh,
2: that's a good question. Is is
4: like nostalgia as big for people your age,
2: or is it, or is it like I don't know? I read a really interesting, sorry, this is like a kind of side tangent, but I read a really interesting thing about like the idea of like, you know, only 90s kids will remember like that trend. Mm -hmm. And that like, it was like some sociologist being like that a theory about why that was such a thing is that like, that was one of the first generations that technology started moving so fast that by the time you were an adult, everything you grew up with was like obsolete and no generation has had that like whiplash before. So it's this clinging to like, wait, what? This was just here. Where did it go? Like- that's like a weird thing to go through so like no
4: that's related that's kind of like what I'm trying to figure out I'm like is there something weird about my generation like as a 90s kid that for a while I'm kind of like over that nostalgia thing but like there's a period of time where yeah people just go so nuts over like 90s nostalgia but I think Mm. that's that's a valid hypothesis I buy it it.
2: it's almost like whiplash kind of I don't know for me I'm like yeah like early internet like before people had realized how to like engineer viral videos when it was just like yeah. Charlie bit my finger and it was like what's this yeah, random that's what thing I'm saying. that makes me be like like honestly like 2009 era YouTube yeah. I get very like mist- sorry to keep harping on YouTube but like yeah. <laughs> realizing how many hours I spent on that in my formative years but uh that for sure before it was like flashy clickbaity thumbnails like I do kind of right. remember the internet before that which was like a lot more fun to be on i think
1: yeah that's what i immediately thought of when we started talking about (laughs) youtube like that's where my head goes is those those kids saying the darndest things like yeah i never went i never followed like a channel kittens inspired by kittens Yeah, yeah like
2: cat videos and stuff yeah yeah
1: mateo wants a cupcake okay now i'm just getting into ellen the stuff that the kids Ellen would bring on the talk wasn't show.
2: that it's like so charming that it used to be there was a viral video we we're like you have to go on a talk show now yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. a huge <laughs> moment it wasn't like yeah you and everybody else who cares
4: <laughs> right right and then those kids are probably in like a lot of therapy because that probably made their view of like I always think of those like the two british girls who ellen would bring on all the time i'm like they're gonna be like the most insufferable people you've ever met it's so
2: yeah. crazy kind of the
1: Nicki minaj ones
2: yeah and also like to just have like that much fame like that like i was watching this this interview with like the harry potter cast they did that like 20-year reunion thing oh yeah i watched i don't that. know why so many recurring things have themes of harry potter actors too i'm really kind of a two trick
1: (laughs) uh, sounds like you had some
2: roots like emma was a root maybe even a thousand percent harry but what you're saying with those kids having to need therapy is like harry potter the daniel radcliffe the actor he was like yeah when the movies ended you had this sinking feeling at 18 that like the most important thing you'll ever do in your life was over already i was like oh my god god dude that's like (laughs) devastating (laughs)
3: that's like kind of scary are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's actually it's scarier now than those Charlie bit my finger because now you go viral and then your mom, like these toddlers, at least on TikTok that I follow. The algorithm for me on TikTok is toddlers saying the darndest things, kittens, and then like hacks, household hacks. And do you know who Gray and Mama is? No, no. There was a viral tweet that was like, the kid whose mom brings him food and he says, thank you, mama, is holding this nation on by a thread or something like that. He was, that's all it was. She hands him a plate of food. It blew up over lockdown. And he's just like, thank you, mama. And then she started going viral every time she would post him because he's very cute. And now they're just a content machine. That's what scares me. She has so many endorsement deals. And now it's like, like, you can tell when there's a third take, fifth, take of something he's saying mm. and
4: oh my god my mom
1: hates it so much every time i send her one of these like because i do follow a few toddlers who are very cute but like my mom is like you can see the pain in their eyes like this
2: is not natural no truly like i think content farming your kids It's if you get a funny video one time whatever but i feel like parents who are like oh this is an opportunity to make money now i'm gonna like make my kid like that's so weird to me like the parents who do that I'm like that's like yeah evil (laughs) like can you imagine being
4: a kid and having your parent make you do that stuff and be like controlling you to to that i don't know like
1: on camera like directing you all the time they always have stories up and they've always got regular posts i'm thinking about this gray and mama one specifically and they got a book deal now and they're like a a oshkosh partner and they they got like everything is uh sponsored it's like so scary so your memories of your mom are just her holding a phone in your face
2: yeah (laughs) And it's also almost worse than, like, I mean, like, being, like, a Disney Channel star or something. Because at least you're, like, playing a character. Yeah. And you have child labor laws. (laughs) Yeah. In this, your parents have, like, turned you into a brand before you're even, like, a person. That's, like... No, I'm like I'm about to like grab the pitchforks dude it makes me really mad yeah
4: <laughs> no but but that's exactly the difference I was thinking like the difference between Macaulay Culkin who like yes his childhood and like his dad really fucked him up to some extent but he was like a very very talented child versus if you think of the yeah, the Nicki Minaj girls or whatever going on Ellen. It's like they did something cute once that, like, kids do all the freaking time. And then there's, like, this expectation on them to, like, keep, you know, putting out bangers, I guess, in terms <laughs> of viral videos. I'm like, that's not
1: that's not normal. Like, what? Yeah. So insane. Sophia Grace and Rose. Yes. <laughs> no, I literally
2: think we got to. I'm on my, like, move to the woods, like. I'm really, it scares the shit out of me. I don't like the internet. Yeah, I mean, there's like incredible things about it, but it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, dude, we're going to a cabin in the woods. We're living off the grid. I'm going to learn how to farm. Like <laughs> I swing the pendulum way far the other way.
1: Yeah, now we're taking right. out. Yeah. <laughs> cottage core.
2: You, oh my God. Were you on cottage core like homesteading TikTok?
1: We were. We were actively trying to understand it, but we were sifting through it, and we had an episode about it.
4: We had an episode about it, but for for me and our our guest was a lady lamb. It was less about like looking at the cottage core stuff online, and more like living it because yeah. we both around the same time moved to the woods <laughs> and and bought these houses and had to learn how to take care of property. Carolyn's in the woods right now. Wait, yeah. really? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! I mean, <laughs> I have neighbors. It's n- it's not that rural, but I I chop wood on the weekends. Like I do a lot of that kind of stuff around the like I don't know trimming trees. <laughs> Come on, is that That's core? so
2: cool. Where do you think like <laughs> stop? Uh, stop me if this is already if you already covered this in the other episode. But like, do you yeah. have a theory about like why that became so appealing to people like cottage core and the idea of like kind of
4: let me tell you it's healing it feels good mm. it feels good to get away from electronics and be outside like my wife has severe PTSD and since moving here has been so much better so much better like not triggered as much, just like a lot more relaxed, a lot more zen feeling, like general anxiety.
1: Is it you also have control over things more? Like it, people really got into cottage core over lockdown,
4: right? No, well, here's the thing like when like cottage core stuff and like kind of being out in nature and going to this like cabin life type thing, because there aren't other people around you're not like absorbing all this energy kind of like you're saying that that Mm. you don't have any control of right and instead you're like building your fire you're knitting your pot holders you're doing all that you're putting you're picking flowers and putting them in little vases and like you're 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 creating the energy you're in charge of the energy and Mm -hmm. that energy can be pleasant if you choose it to be and there's not going to be somebody like staring at you five feet away with their dick out jerking off like that's you know really that makes you more calm
1: yeah (laughs) yeah Uh has happened to me a few times in the same
2: yeah.
4: yeah it's like I can hold hands with my wife and I don't have to wonder like is this person yelling at us because we're holding hands or are they yelling at us because they're seeing
2: things that aren't there
4: like you don't you know it's just more
2: relaxing yeah. that's incredible right did you guys grow up in like r- like more wooded areas
4: no, my wife grew up in Lima. I'm originally from Montreal and then like moved to the suburbs of Buffalo. So it just, yeah.
1: This is the most rural I've ever lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in Hartford area, Connecticut.
2: <laughs> what about you? Wait, you're were you from Durham? Yeah, I'm from like Chapel Hill, Carborough, North oh, Carolina. Man. So like definitely not like rural. Like it's a college town, but like tons of trees, tons more space. Like it definitely was like you walk outside, there aren't people around, you can be in the woods. Like I definitely grew up like playing in the woods a lot. Like I would love to go back to it, or at least like go camping regularly. Like, cause I do kind of feel that living in New York. I'm like, it's this is insane. You're always thinking of a
1: way out or
2: like a yeah. trip out
1: to recharge. Yeah. I
2: fantasize about van life so much. Ooh. <laughs> so that was another big TikTok quarantine trend I was on. Yeah. Was I was like, right. I'm gonna buy a sprinter van and I'm gonna live in like my car. <laughs> and i'm gonna go to national parks and i'm gonna do comedy i mean that would be like an incredible life <laughs> well that's re- that's
1: li- that's Rena come do, do you know Rena? wait true
2: she is doing that <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but it's a prius but uh,
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sprinter vans are expensive they can be like tens of thousands of dollars i didn't realize yes
4: they're expensive also if they break down um, mm. i saw someone post something about their van breaking down and like AAA doesn't cover towing that, and they had to pay $800 to get their broken van towed. Jesus.
1: Just to get it, yeah, towed to be fixed. No. Yes,
4: $800. Jeez. That's one month's rent in Chapel Hill. No, I don't know. Is, Ch- <laughs> is Chapel Hill
2: affordable anymore? Probably. I think it's probably getting worse <laughs> but yeah, that's wild. I don't know. AAA yeah. wouldn't. I don't know. This
4: was somebody, I'm trying to think what state they lived in, maybe California or something.
1: So maybe it's like a weird California thing. Wow. My friend's trying to get a school bus when Roe v. Wade was overturned. She's a nurse. And she's like, I'm going to get a school bus. She's going to put her husband and kid in it. And we're going to go state to state and just give abortions. (laughs) Like, I'm going to get a ragtag group of nurses. (laughs) Um, And she's like actively looking at school buses. I'm like, what's the tow fee on that? That's incredible.
4: Ooh, that yeah. sounds really dangerous. That just gave me like a lot of anxiety. I'm just thinking a bunch of rednecks
2: chasing the, the bus. Yes. And just no. It is It is funny that school buses, you're usually full of children and that's going to be full of like negative children. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Sorry, you can cut that if you need to. I don't know if that's no. the oh, vibe of the show. I'm like, that's the best
1: thing that's been said so far. Yeah. yeah. You're making a reel out of that. Um... <laughs> negative kids can't get over it <laughs> love it um you have an emotional support rabbit
2: I do I'm like is he here oh! oh you can see him if you want sorry you're gonna see my really messy room but he's he's sitting over at his feeding bowl. Oh I don't know if God. you can see it yeah I he see like ah. I got this automatic feeder for him and he he like doesn't get that it only happens once a day so it's kind of like driving him crazy in a like <laughs> like it's almost like literary you know what i mean it's like staring into the thing that makes you insane it's like the lighthouse or something where he like just sits at it and waits for the food to come and i'm like i don't know if this is good dude he's like obsessed with it no but he's really Aww. cute his name's wilbur it actually that made a huge difference mental health wise is like coming home and just being like there's a little heartbeat i gotta take care of Yeah, and he's such a good boy
1: they're pretty um, easy right
2: totally he doesn't have a cage he like is litter box trained and he sleeps in my bed with me and Uh, yeah he's I know right people I didn't know that rabbits like were that smart but he's like super smart he has the whole room and yeah he like he'll wake you up by like he'll jump on your chest and like lick your nose like it's yeah the cutest thing and his tongue is like the size of my pinky nail like he's an angel (laughs) how did you decide on a rabbit I was like, <laughs> I, at the time I was making uh, rugs. Another, okay. I'm realizing that a lot of my personality right now is just like- Uber dyke. TikTok trends that have not- yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, TikTok trends. No, no, TikTok trends. Yeah, yes. <laughs> TikTok. But I was like hand weaving like rugs <laughs> and I had all these rug supplies in my house and I was like, if I get a cat, the cat's going to like- jump up on stuff and play with the yarn. A dog is like, I can't deal with, I don't have- A lot of work, yeah. Yeah, and they're loud and like, I was like, a rabbit is like, so low key. And it was was the right move. Now I'm like, but now it's like, I know too much about rabbits where it's like, now I'm like becoming an inaccessible person to talk to. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) annoying, I'm like a horse girl or something. Like, it's not good. (laughs) Do you bring him places? No, he hates, they, they get very okay. uh, nervous because they're like prey okay. animals. So they like, he he's just very much an indoor low-key guy. Mm, he had yeah. syphilis though. And what? I had to treat him for rabbit syphilis and MRSA. He had like. <laughs> MRSA, <laughs> like, that's serious. It was like, yeah, he was an unlucky rabbit. That, that That's like flesh eating bacteria, isn't it? It's like a, yeah, it's antibiotic resistant staph. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it was no good. <laughs> I don't know how we got it. I don't know how we got syphilis either. I think just being in
4: New York, you <laughs> are like susceptible to you, both things. Yeah. Indoor or not. Yeah, indoor or not.
2: You just kind of absorb it through the air, yeah.
4: The only people I know who've had MRSA, like live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> you probably,
2: I don't know if you can get it on like the subway cause you can get it from like wrestling mats and stuff, right?
4: right right you can't get it from wrestling mats um my coworker thought that he got it on the subway but there was like no way of knowing but he was like well i had a cut on my hand and like but i'm like there's a million places though you could get it in new york it's not just the subway
2: yeah and you're touching stuff all the time and everything you've touched like a million other people have touched apparently mercer well maybe i should stop myself before i'm going into I'm not a doctor and I have no idea. I'm talking out of my ass. But I did a lot of frantic Googling when my rabbit got MRSA because I was like, can I, like, am I fucked? And I I had just gotten my ear pierced and I had seen all this stuff about like, if MRSA gets into your bloodstream, then it like becomes sepsis and like blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just like totally spiraled, but that's my own like neuroses. It was fine. (laughs) Was it your first piercing? No, I had like a cartilage piercing Mm -hmm. and then I had to like, I had to close it up. It like wasn't. My body was not handling it well do you guys have a lot of piercings
1: no i was just pierced when i was a baby because that's what brown people do um and that like, was
2: it just the basic two lobes yeah like yeah, my I...
1: pediatrician did that you go to a doctor's office <laughs> <laughs> Well that's awesome if, if you're a baby right yeah i think that's where you have to my persian pediatrician when i was like not even a year. I have stand up about it. Um, it's like something I'm obsessed with right now. People who like balk at pierced babies because there's a lot of Twitter discourse lately about how it's abuse, but it's just a gendered tradition in a lot <laughs> of uh, cultures.
2: Do you? Sorry, I didn't mean to make a face at the Twitter discourse, but it seems like always seems like people turn out okay. With yeah. like I don't know, we'll yeah. take
4: them out. There's Twitter discourse about everything, like about Lucky Charms existing. Like you know, you can't.
1: What's what's going on with Lucky Charms? What's the Lucky Charms discourse?
2: Oh,
4: I mean, that was just an educated guess that something Twitter would be mad about.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, because of like Irish stereotypes?
4: Yeah, probably. <laughs> wait,
1: actually, I don't know. Appropriation of rainbows? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, wait. What's my opinion on this? I need to know what the deal is. <laughs> are you on Twitter? Are you doing are you doing
2: the Twitter? I'm off Twitter, I'm off TikTok. I'm only doing Instagram, YouTube. Congrats.
1: Just in a meeting with a new manager who's said I have to and I don't want to.
2: Dude, people were telling me that too. She said like, I have to. Twitter or TikTok or both? Both. Both, yeah. Dude, I'm like I feel like Instagram maybe this is too comedy specific but i feel like instagram people actually like because instagram you're looking at people you follow mostly and tiktok's all right your explore page like i never would go over and see the feed of people i'm like subscribed to so it's like i don't know it was just making me too truly like mentally ill and like yeah talking twitter like the toll they were taking on me i was like it's not worth it it's just there's a great cultural critic do you know rain fisher kwan
1: no i don't know why it sounds familiar
2: She like got big on TikTok, but then she's like an incredible writer. And she was, there's just something she said in an essay of hers that really stuck with me. She was like, I feel like stuff on those sites isn't made to be loved. And I was like, Mm. that totally is what it feels like to me. Like it feels all just very like disposable and fast. And I'm like, if I'm going to consume stuff, I want it to be something that I can like, that'll stick with me or that I could cherish or that I could mull over. But it's just too many things too fast. I'm like not built for it.
4: For sure. And I think Twitter especially, I mean, I, I'm mostly off Twitter just because it. I think it's so bad for your mental health and I think it creates this like weird bubble of the world where like everything is conflict and everything's bad and there's like a new villain every day and everything's a problem and everyone's being like really nasty to each other and then but then like the drama of it like twitter drama just like sucks you in and then it's just all so toxic and like I used to hate I don't know. When people watch like those videos of like fights in public or fights happening at Walmart or things like that, I'm like I I hate that stuff so much. You're watching people like in their worst moment that was filmed probably without their consent and put on the internet for entertainment for others. I'm like this I don't like that. And Twitter just feels like the written version of that. It's just like people fighting and we're all just like consuming it as content and it's
1: gross yeah I don't know. well what's even sadder is comedians having to like feeling like they need to have a take on things they would never have a take on like this try guy situation did
2: you uh, that so, was so sad do you know speaking of youtubers they're youtubers no. right the try guys i've heard of them i saw maybe something but i'm Pretty out of the loop. I actually don't know what that is. I'm thrilled yeah, to say it, I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I know. I hate that I went investigating because um, <laughs> some of the discourse made it onto like Instagram or something. And I was like, what are people talking about? And it's just a, like a little troop on YouTube. They're supposed to be like, nice guys. Is that it? Like good guys. One of them cheated on their wife and the internet went nuts because his brand is the antithesis of that and then it's like every comedian felt like they had to have a take and it was the same take and it was just ah, it was like a really shitty writing prompt and it was just sad to see people i respect i mean people who wrote for harvard lampoon trying to come up with a (laughs) unique take on a try guy sad I mean, I briefly went on to
4: Twitter to look at the bros movie discourse. Oh, and, that's sad,
1: too.
2: Which, which we can get into. But Wait, what is the bros movie? Because I would love to talk about that. I just saw it.
4: Okay, let's put a pin in, in that for a second. But what I saw was Lena Dunham trending, and I couldn't help myself. And then I saw this tweet from Lena Dunham yeah. that said, When I go, I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade with a plaque that reads, She was not for everyone, but she was for us. Who can arrange? And I got so tempted to quote tweet it and make a comment that was like, "Actually, we should parade dead straight people through." pride but
1: like then I, then I was like no
4: no like don't don't even go there
1: like this could go. go
4: there in so
2: many different ways and i just had to like log
4: myself off but like that's how quickly i was getting sucked back into like mm, what's my take it's so
2: funny though i know
4: <laughs> she makes it so but hard. yeah okay the, the bros okay. The bros discourse, yeah. Let's not give Lena Dunham no. attention or else she's going <laughs> to think that we're just fangirling her because she thinks that she was for us. Oh, um, uh, yeah.
1: she not. <laughs> the- yeah, bros made less than half of what it was projected to make opening weekend. And a lot of people are blaming the marketing of it. Just being like shoved down our throats that it was supposed to be like historic, important. Like this is the first mm-hmm. major motion picture that is gay, that has all queer principal cast. But then you have people who are blaming its failure on the main storyline being about two attractive, cis white men ultimately. And then other people being like, no, that unfortunately that's the way Hollywood works. That's what we need to happen first before we can get other stories told. Framing it like it was very important when ultimately it's a it's a rom com was maybe not the move.
4: But then Billy Eichner, oh yeah, went he's on and off. has really been, you know, he's trying to promote his work and that's what that's what we have to do as comedians and creators and whatever. Like you have to champion your own stuff because if you don't champion your own stuff, like who else is going to? So he was just kind of like disappointed. Was it that he was like disappointed in the fact that more gay people didn't support
1: this movie. that He's f- quote unquote finger wagging. Uh, yeah.
4: At the community for not supporting and being like, I understand that like homophobic people aren't seeing it, but I, I, you know, went to a theater in LA and everybody was laughing throughout the whole thing. People had a great time. It's a really good movie. I'm really proud of it. And then everybody just like piling on him. Yeah. It's messy.
2: Oh, that makes me so sad. I mean, what do you think? I, I heard it's good. Well, it's so interesting because I'm totally, I'm not trying to like my take on the discourse because I have had like, I didn't even know there was discourse happening about it. I assumed. Some conservatives were upset, and that's it. I had literally no idea, so I just went to see it because I thought it looked good, and it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And I thought it was fairly self-aware and kind of handled the fact that it was about two, you know, white cis gay guys. Like it wasn't. I don't know. I I I thought it was a great movie. Like I loved it. But again, I'm not trying to like say that in like relation to the discourse of like I'm standing on the side of- Billy
4: Eichner actually paid us to have this conversation <laughs> know. You know, to get
1: more people to see bros
2: <laughs>
4: I actually
1: did go dancing in West Hollywood the night it came out yeah. and he was out at all the gay bars there handing out t-shirts and dancing that's with everyone <laughs> uh, with Luke McFarlane the co-star
4: I mean that's fun but that's also really sad like Nicole Kidman isn't it? like you
1: know <laughs>
4: at the bars at the night her movie premieres handing out pens
1: like didn't have a Nicole Kidman in it and it's because Judd Apatow (laughs) when he signs on to like help a maybe like lesser known comedian do like a big movie he'll bring in like with like Kumail Nanjiani like the big sick head like Helen Hunt and like brought out some like show-stopping talent but Billy was adamant on having a lot of just like a full all queer cast and you know, people like people we do bar shows with. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Justin Covington, who casting just found because his website has good SEO and they're looking for an African-American gay guy. And he's just, you know, he's just a stand up in New York. First time acting. That's his tagline. For just a sta- like first time on a set on a universal yeah, yeah. picture set, you know, That's like they got insane. a real ragtag group of queers and kept it authentically very queer
2: instead of you know, that's so fucking cool Going the
1: full Apatow route. Yeah. Yeah. Dude,
2: the movies I, I'm I'll die on this hill. The movie's really, really funny. And it made me cry literally five times. And I saw it with the full theater and everyone was laughing. And it was like, it was, it was a really fun time. Have you, have y'all seen it? I'm seeing it tomorrow. I am seeing it this weekend. Oh my gosh. I'm curious what you think.
4: Yeah. My wife tried to see it last Friday in manhattan with her friend and they didn't get tickets in advance and the theater was sold out so i was like oh this is good for the movie and then i started worrying like when the box office numbers were bad i'm like is it gonna be playing anywhere up by where i live but it is still so i'm like i'm hoping it's still accessible and that theaters aren't gonna pull it based on the first week like i hope that maybe the discourse
1: does motivate people to go and see for themselves and make their own Ugh, you know that it's crazy that this discourse is happening and at the same time do you know about the christian walker discourse
4: no oh Wait, my
1: god who's christian walker again maybe even youtuber definitely a TikToker, a right oh. wing nut job kid his dad is herschel walker who's georgia senate candidate who is running on a very, you know, right-wing platform, very anti-abortion, and so Christian... And he used to be a football player. That's why he's, like... Oh, yeah,
4: sorry. Yeah, he's, (laughs) like, a
1: very famous... No, 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 Herschel Walker
4: was, like, a very well-known NFL player.
1: Forgot to mention that. I'm just... um, Christian, I can't stand, never have been able to. He's very just... Like, his videos are him screaming MAGA slogans, and it's crazy because he's a gay black man. But his dad, now that he's running on an anti-abortion platform, goes on Twitter and he's like really like you didn't have an abortion like and it's just calling his dad out um, for paying for abortions for having being like oh you're you're Whoa. standing on family values how about that you abused us and we had to hide from you most of my childhood and you were never there and you paid for an extramarital <laughs> abortion like so the discourse now is like like there's like New York Times headlines. It's like Christian Walker's battling his father. And we're uplifting this Trump obsessed kid because he called his dad out. But we're shitting on Billy Eichner. <laughs> like it's that's, that's how stupid Twitter is right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Christian Walker, man, he sucks. He he got into a fight with Kehlani at a drive through once <laughs> like, <laughs> uh he's the worst he's a menace but right now we were really rooting for him and we're shitting on bros everything wow. is stupid it is stupid
4: and it's a lot of coming of course because it always comes from like inside the house when it comes to queer stuff it's just like all all these gay people who are like mad and being like don't see bros and it's like what? You're you're angrier about bros than like homophobic people. Like you're you're doing all the work for them.
2: That's <laughs> wild. Yeah.
4: We eat our own. By, by being mad about it. What's his name? Guy uh Guy Branham. Yeah, Branham has been like tweeting in defense of it and just pointing out the ridiculousness of like some of the arguments against like seeing the movie and I don't know
2: so people are actually saying like don't see it
4: yeah they're saying like don't see it or it's bad or like don't don't waste your time on it and stuff
2: when oh that's such a bummer i just thought it was like a silly fun movie that's also queer and how cool is that
4: yeah Yeah.
2: this is really affirming my being off twitter i'm like wow i'm really this is like made the case getting off twitter is like eve uneating the apple you know what i mean you can just go back to like blissful <laughs> unawareness and <laughs> just live your yeah. life and walk around and eat cool food and look at cool things
4: <laughs> well switching gears uh are you dating right now
2: <laughs> oh uh...
4: <laughs> i get. i'm not like well talking about like being like newly queer and stuff like that's always like a part of it yeah
2: it's funny i'm like I'm co-hosting Ashley Gavin's podcast right now with her. We're having gay sex and she has affectionately started calling me the gay virgin because I haven't mm. slept with a woman yet. And I, so I'm <laughs> affectionately. <laughs> yeah. Very sweetly. And I love her very much. And she's my friend, but also she's bullying me. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, she's great. But uh, no, I've like, I I think like, I really um, don't have a lot of desire to have like casual sex outside of an emotional connection. And I think I don't have any great desire to lop this label on myself, but when I've read about like what demisexual means, I'm like, I was just going to say, yeah. it's kind of how I feel. Like, not that I have anything against the label, but I'm just like, I, I don't know, it, but you hate yeah. sluts. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that I'm like, that is rigidly my sexual, but I lean towards that way where I'm like, what's attractive to me is when I'm like already kind of in love with somebody, <laughs> which is an insane For sure. way to I mean, it's valid and all that, but it is like inconvenient. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you lean um, toward it
1: meeting it's a uh, spectrum maybe. And like, what's at the other end? What's the
2: opposite? A slut. <laughs> I think it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> no, just yeah. So I'm like, I'm not, not dating right now, but like, no, I haven't really yeah. like, been going on dates or anything or like, Which sounds sad to say, but I'm chilling. I'm having a good time. No, that's fine. (laughs) Normalize chilling and
4: not feeling pressure to, like, go on dates and have sex.
2: Normalize just chilling, dude. (laughs) Yeah. For real, though.
4: I feel bad. I, you know... Asked you about it? <laughs> no, no, no. Please, I'm happy to. But just curious, when people are like on the beginning of like you know, or like what whatever point they are in their their journey, it's always I think a somewhat interesting question to ask. But that's an interesting answer. Like, were you somebody that kind of would develop feelings for friends regardless of their gender?
2: Yeah, and then I think for a long time with like any like. I'll say female because it was like cis female friends that I had. I I didn't I don't think I realized until years later that I was like, oh, that was a crush maybe.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm still realizing different ones
2: yeah. from my school and stuff. <laughs> I think I had so many rationalizations, which is interesting because I really was in such a supportive environment where, like, if I coming out was not like, when I did finally, everyone was like, okay, cool. What what are we having for dinner? You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. like. It was all internal stuff that stopped me from realizing it, which is, like, very interesting to me because, I don't know, it's just weird that it can be so deep internally, even if a lot of the external barriers feel like they've been removed.
4: For sure. I mean, I've definitely encountered that with friends of mine who seem to really either, like, struggle or not realize that they were queer because... I'm like, how, how did you not like you grew up in like a super liberal city or like your parents have a ton of gay friends and you were exposed to this from an early age and like, we've been friends for like, how, how can you not but
2: yeah, every I think what I have my whole life which I'm gonna assume is some deeply internalized misogyny that i'm like just getting over was i had the thing of like oh i'm like attracted to women i just don't know that i would like date a woman like i did and it's like oh what is that dude but i think (laughs) i had a lot of that when i was younger where i was like well i don't know if that makes me gay and like now i'm like "Yeah, yeah 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 it does (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it actually does. (laughs) And also you would date a woman. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I have a friend who's like, you know, I, I, I masturbate to women, but I don't think that makes me queer that's uh, like, how i was that's literally yeah. what i was that's exactly what she's I she's getting doing. married yeah. to a man next summer um <laughs> and like never got to <laughs> explore it and she's like no i think it's just porn's effect on my brain and
2: it, it's she like blames porn dude that's so funny but you could watch straight porn <laughs> that no that's literally exactly what i was yeah a hundred percent yeah that's so interesting yeah, what is that? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I had that too for a while. Oh, really?
2: Okay, that makes me. Feel um, I weird. was like,
1: everyone is attract everyone jacks off to women. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. everyone, well, how, how are you not gonna react to a Victoria's Secret catalog or whatever the fuck, JC Penny even Sears even? Good stuff.
2: Like <laughs> Dude, that's what I I would see like a picture of an insanely attractive woman and I would rationalize it by being like, but who wouldn't be attracted to that? And it's yeah. like a straight woman. Right. <laughs> a straight woman would not be attracted it- to that woman.
4: <laughs> except straight women are going around being like
2: oh my gosh she's so hot
4: like you know and like touching each other and every- and making everything a lot more confusing
2: yeah, yeah where it's like is anyone straight I don't know right.
1: Jeremy's out
4: yeah straight women are like let's spoon I'm like what? no
0: huh <laughs> so yeah, straight women
2: being like I literally love you and you're like no no I literally uh, no. love you literally. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Excited for the sleepover. Oh man. That's a whole other conversation. Well,
4: as we wind down, we have a final question to ask you. And that is what as a community aren't we diking out about enough?
2: I okay, I thought long and hard about this. I'm gonna say educational science YouTubers.
4: Okay. Okay. Which, sorry
2: to come back to YouTube yet again.
4: <laughs> oh no, this is closing the circle. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Perfect.
2: But I, they're really wholesome. They're really wholesome, sweet, nerdy people. And they make little jokes in their science videos that are like so fun and cute, like Hank Green or Vsauce, which I mean, come on Vsauce, how could you, you know. Vsauce? The name v- sounds like a lesbian porn channel yeah so it's a science channel i don't know why know. it's called me sauce actually it sounds really <laughs> sexual
4: <laughs> i'm gonna start using that term sexually <laughs> the
2: disappointment i just <laughs> it's a man <laughs> oh you know what okay vi heart though vi heart is also she makes these like math youtube videos that are about like weird high concept that sounds like a porn star why why heart by heart and Vsauce (laughs) okay keep going keep going but they're really great and they're really um wholesome and sometimes if I'm feeling anxious I go and I watch them because it's just it's very comforting and nice and you also learn a lot of cool stuff and like I don't know they're just they just seem like a very sweet little community is like math and science youtubers I'm a big fan yeah. Wow, this sounds like the uh, the British Bake Off of YouTube just like <laughs> totally. like just wholesome relaxing. Yeah, it's relaxing cuz there's a end. And you can feel smart even though you don't really have to do any math. Yeah.
1: That's not relaxing
2: doing it. So
1: we need to look up vihart and
4: vsauce, vsauce they're really fun and dyke out about that
2: yeah I'm really helping support you know small local businesses like Prada and YouTube on this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's who I want to help uplift <laughs> Love it. corporate pride is
4: really getting to you yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maddie where
2: can people follow you and access more of your comedy yeah, I'm on Instagram at Maddie T. Wiener and I have a YouTube channel where I'm going to be dropping a half hour soon in the next few months. So oh, if anybody hell yeah. wants to keep an eye out for that and I uh, I have a, a mailing list for tours and a, a Substack where I write essays about a lot of a, about gender in the Internet, actually. So very much of, of this relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keeping this train going. But subscribe to that. Yeah. Perfect. But they're all the link tree's all in my Instagram bio. That's my main little spot. Yeah. Great. Well definitely find Maddie
1: there. You can find me on Instagram at TGI Carolyn. You can find me on Instagram at Melody Kamali. We'll see if Twitter and TikTok happen eventually. <laughs> all, right. all right. And then you can follow <laughs> us as a pod at
4: diking out. And we have something on TikTok even worth talking about that we finally posted i don't know carolyn's starting drama on tiktok i'm trying to start lesbian drama on tiktok and i don't know i think zolita hates me if if somebody knows zolita tell her i didn't
1: mean anything by it i was just trying to be silly thanks for dyking out with us and as always zen azadi we'll see you next
0: tuesday